This is the Janine Pirro Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Pirro. Welcome, everyone, to the Judge Janine Donald Towers Foundation Show. It is a beautiful day in New York City. The sun is shining. I can't believe it. And as always, we're armed and ready to serve justice with all my great listeners here on the Red Apple Audio Network. Uh, I think there's a lot of things that we could talk about today that will get your goat like they got mine. The first thing are the are the illegals who ended up, and they call them migrants, but they are illegals, folks, uh, who ended up beating down two police officers, kicking them in the head and the face, uh, and uh, they were arrested. They were arrested for gang assault and assault on a police officer. But guess what? They didn't even ask for bail. They didn't ask for bail. They walked out. And this is what what's going to really gall you because it galled me. They flipped the bird. All of them flipped the bird to the cameras. Okay, and they were cursing out the the uh, media. Now, why would they do that? Number one, the fact that they are flipping the bird at the cameras. They're flipping the bird at America. They're basically saying, "F you! I got here, and you can't throw me out." All right. These people come here allegedly claiming asylum because they'll be persecuted in their country. I'll bet these guys will be persecuted because you can bet your bottom dollar it's not the first time they've taken down a, a, a someone in authority or a police officer, and they probably would be in jail in their own country, and they should be in jail in our country. But guess what? The progressive DA, Alvin Bragg, didn't ask for bail even though he could have because it was a classy, violent felony, and they walked. They not only walked, they got on a bus to go to California, never to come back to the United States. Folks, if you're not fed up with this yet, you should be, because what we've got here are people coming into this country who don't respect us, who don't respect our norms, who are not interested in the American dream, but are simply interested in assaulting anyone who gets in their way, including police officers, and, uh, you know, taking what they can from this country. And we're also going to be talking with Hillel Noor, who is an individual who is in charge of UN Watch. He's going to give you some shocking information about the fact that we fund, the United States alone, funds $300,000 uh, to UNRWA, which is a an organization that is there to give relief to Palestine. All right, as the Palestinians lecture their children on how to kill Jews and how to hate Jews. Uh, he will talk about how many times he's been closed down in his effort to make sure that Americans uh, uh, understand where our money is going. So uh, stay with us. We've got some uh, terrific guests here from Steve Razor, the attorney for Danny Petty, Penny, uh, uh, Hillel Newer, as well as Tom Holman, former ICE director, will give you his take on the dirtbags who flipped us all the bird. And never forget, that's a commitment we made on 9-11. Honor it by donating $11 a month to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. And up next here on the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show, I will be speaking with the executive director of UN Watch, Hillel Newer. This is the Judge Jeanine Show.
This is the Janine Pirro Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Pirro. Joining us now is the Executive Director of UN Watch. Please join me in welcoming Hillel Neuer to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. Now, everyone, um, Hillel is the director of UN Watch. It is a, a human NGO, non-governmental organization, and a UN watchdog group. It's based in Geneva. I want to tell you a little bit about him, but I think you'll get the drift as soon as you hear him. This man is someone who has fought his whole life to make sure that there is equality and fairness for Jews and that Jews are not subjugated uh, as they have been all throughout history. And I thought it was important to have him, especially in light of his recently testifying before Congress and the shocking information that he presented uh, regarding the U.N. So, uh, Hillel, let me say that we are thrilled to have you on the show. Uh, talk to us, first of all, what exactly do you do vis-a-vis the U.N.? Well, Judge, thank you for having me on uh, your show, which I'm a big fan of. And I just want to let you know what we do at, in Geneva is we hold to account uh, dictatorships who have subverted uh, the United Nations, which was founded by FDR. It was his vision. He died before it started. But it was a vision of peace after World War II. But over time, it's been uh, hijacked by dictatorships. Colonel Gaddafi's regime was chair of the Human Rights Commission. A few <laughs> months ago, the Islamic Republic of Iran. The Islamic Republic of Iran was named the chair of a Human Rights Council forum. In a couple of months, Iran is going to be chairing the Conference on Disarmament. I couldn't make this stuff up. The conference Jeez. on disarmament, one of the rogue regimes. That is that that judge is regular stuff at the UN daily, and we are the only organization holding them to account, putting their feet to the fire. They hate me. They try to mm-hmm. shut me down. They interrupt me, and uh, we refuse to give up because it's our tax dollars, and uh, we don't have a choice. Well, you know, it's even more important than all that. It's your life. And uh, I mean, not you individually, although it's certainly uh, uh, any Jew uh, there, there, Well, let's get into the into why we're doing this. What we've got is at the U.N., we the latest uh, information is that there are people in the U.N. who actually are Hamas operatives who personally participated in the massacre on October 7th. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's, it's, Unbelievable. it's beyond. Could, all right. So let's talk about how we're you got that information. We're for them, yeah. Yeah, look. So what, what we, uh, you know, uh, uh, a few days ago on Friday, so it's a week ago, um, the Secretary General of the United Nations announced that he was horrified, horrified to discover that members of his UNRWA organization, that is the Special UN Relief and Works uh, Administration uh, Agency, which is the Special UN Agency for Palestinians. You know, there's a UN refugee agency for the whole world, and the Palestinians have their own agency. Which I is didn't know that. Humanitarian. That's right. In Geneva, next to me, there's the UNHCR. That's for refugees around the world, from Syria, from Sudan, from Ukraine. And the Palestinians for seven decades have had their own agency, which initially had a benign purpose, but very quickly developed a malicious political purpose to undo Israel, to reject the, the you know, existence of Israel, and to say that all Palestinians who left after 48, their children, their grandchildren are all going to overwhelm Israel. So, Judge, what happened on October 7th is actually a direct line of the narrative of this UNRWA agency, which perpetuates Palestinians as so-called refugees, 
and educates them to say, one day you're going to overwhelm and undo Israel. That's this UNRWA administration. And All for right. 10 years, we, we exposed one aspect, which is that their teachers in the refugee camps, which are basically villages in Gaza, in Lebanon, they teachers incite to terrorism. They glorify Adolf Hitler. They say slaughter Jews on their social media. And we wrote to UNRWA, we said, you have teachers that you're paying for, the school principals, who are inciting to jihadi terrorism, glorifying Hamas, calling to slaughter Jews. You need to fire them. They did not fire them. Instead, they attacked us. They said, we're a hostile organization. We're against Palestinian refugees. That was their approach over 10 years. So when the secretary general said he was horrified to learn that a dozen of his staffers actually participated in the massacre, you know, that that was really a bit much because for 10 years they refused to listen to our warnings. Well, and the shocking part about it is when the secretary general said that he was shocked at the information that you had been giving him for some time. Is that correct? For 10 years, we wrote to them. We sent them letters. We published articles. I was on TV, and they, they attacked us. They went before the United Nations and said, this group you can watch, is, uh, they want conflict instead of peace. They're against Palestinian refugees. They said, D- member states, don't listen to them. They said, they said um, a journalist, their spokesman, Chris Gunnis, this awful former BBC guy, said, um, don't listen to you and watch. It's only a he said, she said story. Um, tell me more about their political and financial affiliations. I want to undermine them. That was their approach. They wanted to kill the messenger. And so for him to say now that he's shocked is a complete and total lie. They yeah. knew they refused to act. And the, the fact is that the United States, I believe we give $300 million to, to, the, to the UN. That, and, that is, that is correct. To this UNRWA. To this UNRWA, yeah. To, uh, to that particular relief fund for the Palestinians. That is correct. $300 yes, million, million The Biden, Biden administration, the Biden administration, I was proud that they gave a billion, nearly a billion in the past three years since they reinstated funding that the Trump administration had cut. Interesting uh, that the Trump administration cut. But but, uh, you know, Donald Trump knew how to how to hurt people and he cut them with the money. But all right. So we're sending all this money. Have we frozen that money? Hillel? just last week, the United States was the first to announce that they froze funds. And then about 20 countries, virtually all of the donors froze about a billion dollars. Uh, someone put on Twitter and said, uh, you know, hello, lawyer, he managed to freeze a billion dollars. Uh, you know, it's it's not me. It was the revelations that not only a dozen UNRWA staff were involved in the massacre, but that uh, estimated 1,200 of their employees are operatives of Hamas or Islamic Jihad. This is in the Wall Street Journal in right. Gaza. 1,200 UNRWA employees are, are actual operatives of Hamas and Islamic Jihad. We're talking well, about so-called teachers, so-called school principals, so-called aid workers. They are answering to the terrorist organization. Well, let me ask you this, Hillel Noor. Uh, the truth is that you have been uh, advising people of this information and revealing what they're doing. And the U.N. Secretary General, you know, just ignored it. But but going from country to country, have you ever come to Congress before with this kind of information? Have you ever had the platform to be able to say, look, I can't get the U.N. Secretary General to do anything, but you're funding this kind of thing? Absolutely. You know, uh, Ileana ross uh, yes. was chair of a subcommittee on the U.N. And about, you know, 2010, I want to say 2011, she invited me to speak. She was a leader on this. I want to pay tribute to her leadership on this issue. She was one of the first. 
Chris Smith invited me numerous times, and they invited me last week, a joint hearing, two subcommittees, and I'm really grateful to uh, those. Actually, it was Republicans who invited me, although I have to say that recently some Democrats have spoken out, notable to mention them. Richie Torres spoke out against UNRWA. Um, Brad Schneider spoke out. I, I wish more Democrats would speak out. Uh, I do, too, and it's really shocking. Now, especially when you talk about um, the Jewish members of Congress, do you find that they're more um, ideologically or, um, you know, politically aligned, or are they? Uh, do they recognize the harm? It's not just harm, the killing Jews. Yeah, well, look, um, I, I'm not going to wade too much into the domestic political situation in America, but obviously there uh, some members of Congress will take their lead from what the White House tells them to do. And mm-hmm. so far, so far, the White House position is that they are supporting this agency. Uh, and even though they froze funds, the the script that we're seeing is that in a month, because uh, they, they said UNRWA is going to investigate and take it very seriously. They fired the 12 massacre perpetrators. They mm-hmm. fired them. Wonderful. Um, and there's going to be an inquiry. And the, the, what we're seeing is that in about a month's time, they're going to say, yeah, well, the guy in charge of vetting, that was Bill. Bill's gone. Now we got Frank, and Frank is really good. There's a new procedure <laughs> in place. Everything is, re- everything is reinstated, and, and the donor states like the U.S. and the EU are all going to say, we're so, we're so glad at how diligently you did this inquiry. The money is reinstated. That is where this is going well, historically, that's how it happens. You know, they're shocked that there's gambling in Casablanca, and then the gambling continues. That's right. So, uh, that's what right. is so what we're, is we're, we're trying to we're trying to fight that. We're trying to fight that, and there's legislation coming in in the Senate and the House, and and it, this is not like it's not business as usual, Judge. It's not business as usual. After October seventh, when the Palestinian says the right of return, it's not a theoretical right, not a demonstration. It means tunneling into Israel, massacring, mutilating, raping, and torturing. That is the so-called right of return. They mean massacre. So let's not pussyfoot anymore. We know exactly what they mean. And the State Department, we can't pretend. This UNRWA agency is designed to destroy Israel. That's their agenda. We cannot fund it. You're funding it as an American. I'm a Swiss citizen. I pay Swiss taxes. I'm funding it. All of the Western countries are funding it. And we've got to say no more, no more. Well, I think that so many Americans, including myself, had no idea that this relief uh, agency was uh, particularly uh, specifically for the Palestinians. But, you know, the Palestinians who have been displaced, where are they now? Do you know? Sure. There are uh, there are two million from 1948, right, are, are in Jordan. But but that's a good example because they're Jordanian citizens. So, you know, I, I was on uh, TV recently and I said, um, you know, that you have 2 million Jordanians of Palestinian origin who are called by UN, by this UN agency, UNRWA, as refugees, meaning refugees that they're supposed to go back to Israel right. and overwhelm Israel. But they're Jordanian citizens. I said my great grandparents came to Canada in 1904 from Russia, fleeing persecution. We've been Canadians for over a century. I'm not a Russian refugee. So if you've been living in Jordan mm-hmm. for 75 years and you're a Jordanian citizen, you're not a Palestinian refugee who has the right to overwhelm Israel. And so there are about 2 million there. There's about a couple hundred thousand in Lebanon. There's um, in Gaza, the West Bank, and Syria. That's where they are.
And, you know, going forward with these people who are now in Jordan and, and the West Bank, uh, it appears that this war is continuing. You know, now with the death of the three servicemen in Jordan, it appears that the United States yeah. is going to get a little more aggressive and that, you know, this is indeed a regional war and hopefully it won't expand to more than that. But it must be frustrating to be able to know what is going on and yet there is so much evil in the world that you have to fight evil you would think that good people would automatically fight evil i mean philosophically that that has to be something that you grapple with every day it is you know one of the worst things because i've, I've been 20 years sitting at the human rights council which is the belly of the beast the most the most despicable regimes of the world sit on that council the chinese who have a million wiggers in camps and mm-hmm. and uh, the venezuelans who cause seven million people to flee and, you know, these most awful regimes sit there on the Human Rights Council. And the hardest part for me is not the dictatorships, because if you're a brutal dictatorship, that's what you do. But it's right. to see the Western um, ideologues who are their apologists, people like Amnesty International, mm-hmm. Agnes Calamar, the head of Amnesty International, groups like Human Rights Watch, they are apologists for UN dictatorships. They're apologists for UNRWA. And that is the most despicable thing, because it's a poisonous ideology that we have within our own ranks. That's what I find the most despicable and, and really shameful. So they should know better. Well, God bless you, Hillel Noor, and our, our thoughts and our prayers are with you. This is a this is a kind of Thank thing you. that should not stand in a civilized society. And unfortunately, we have to fight it day and night. All right. Hillel Noor, thank you so much. Thank you, Judge oh, oh, you're very welcome. And Never forget, that's a, pro- that's a promise that we made. Join the Tunnel to Towers Foundation on its mission to do good in honor of America's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Born on America's darkest day of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes ever since. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays the mortgage on the family home to lift the financial burden. For catastrophically injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, which enable severely injured heroes to live more independent lives. Through the Foundation's Homeless Veteran Program, Tunnel to Towers is providing housing and needed services to homeless veterans. More than 3,000 were helped in 2023 alone. The Foundation's 9-11 Institute is helping teachers educate kids about our nation's darkest day so America will never forget. People who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2 T.org. This is the Janine Pirro Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Pirro. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. Joining us now is the former director of ICE. Please join me in welcoming Thomas Homan to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. I'm sure you all know who Thomas Homan is. 
He's a, uh, you know, he's someone who kind of started in law enforcement as a police officer, and he served as the acting director of U.S. Immigrations and Custom Enforcement uh, during the Trump administration. Uh, and you've seen him on Fox a lot. He's been a Fox contributor. Uh, now, let me just talk for a moment about what we saw this week uh, before I bring on uh, the former director. Uh, we saw... Uh, police officers in New York City being beat down by a group of not migrants, illegals. And those illegals, when they were got out and they didn't even have to post bail, gave the finger to everybody, uh, including the media. And I interpreted it as the finger to the United States, the government, the governor, the DA, the police commissioner, and everyone who was involved. And I think that we've gotten to the point, hopefully, where Americans recognize that a lot of these people are not grateful. A lot of them are not kissing the ground saying, thank God I made it here. A lot of them simply don't belong here. So uh, former director Thomas Homan, <laughs> I can't wait to hear what your thoughts are on what happened in uh, in New York City this week. Well, I take a personal judge because a couple of things. Number one, I own a home in, in upstate New York, so I, I pay taxes in New York. And uh, I, I also was a cop in New York, so this is personal to me. So when I saw that, I was infuriated. If I was a director of ICE, they'd be a nice detention. And why isn't ICE, why didn't ICE, Go put him in attention. Let me tell you why. I'm not blaming ICE. I'm talking, I'm blaming, oh, I'm yeah. blaming the governor, who all of a sudden the governor speaking up said they should be deported. The governor needs to be reminded. First of all, our actions are, speak louder than our words. The governor, there's a law in New York. Understand this. This is the law. It's, 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 and, and if ICE arrests an illegal alien on his way to court, in court, on his way out of court, they can be charged with a crime by New York. The, the cop. The law. The cop can be charged with a crime. ICE officers can be arrested. Yeah. And also, she's the one that did the bail reform law. That's why the chief are walking out. She's the one, you know, and there's a law in New York also that a DMV information, you know, that every law enforcement agency has access to DMV. ICE and the board so don't have access to New York State DMV uh, information. They don't have access to criminal information on, on the NCIC from New York. And if a law enforcement agency, when they, when they get access to DMV in New York, let's say it's a, the Holman County Jail, or Holman County Sheriff's Office, when they get access to DMV, they got to sign a, a letter of promise to the state that they won't share any of that information with ICE and Border Patrol. So for the governor to come out and say, well, these people need to pour, we need to take a stand on this, well, she, she has numerous laws in New York that prevent ICE from doing their job and prevents ICE from deporting these people. So she speaks out of one side of her mouth and, and, and acts out of the other side. So first of all, I have no respect in the woman, and she, she, she's lying to America when she says she's state which wants a hard stance on this because her actions <laughs> louder than words and, and it, what really upsets me is that these these guys got out of jail after they just got assaulted if they assault a cop they won't mm -hmm. hesitate to assault a civilian you know that you've been in the business a long yeah. time yeah. they should have been locked up they should have been no bonded i should have been allowed to go get them and put them in deportation proceedings when they get released by the border patrol or ice or wherever there's the, the, what they call conditions of release same as in the criminal justice system they obviously violated conditions of releases on video I should have been there working with the NYPD to put these people in custody and deport them. However, NYPD is not allowed to work with ICE. So the, the, the cards are stacked against ICE, and it's just it's pathetic because this is going to continue on and on and on. You're right. the governor speaking up. 
Because this is on video, and she's looking for political cover. Well, there's no question. Okay, so let's talk about the fact that uh, the fact that New York City is a sanctuary city speaks to the issue that the, that you're speaking of, uh, Thomas Holman, former ICE director. And I went down uh, several things that should have been done. First of all, they were charged with a Class C felony. All right, these guys, a gang assault and assault on a police officer is a Class C violent. And yet no one was interested in, uh, in in asking for bail. The DA's office could have asked for bail, and they did not ask for bail. So the DA was wrong, and I was just, you know, if I were the DA, I would have thrown that case in the grand jury, had him indicted, and brought him back within 48 hours, okay? But now they're on a bus allegedly to California. I want to know what identification they used and whether or not these NGOs, and, I, you know, I'm a Catholic, but I'm tired of the Catholic Church covering up for some of these people and putting Americans at risk, putting our police officers at risk. So my concern is that the DA didn't do anything, but police are allowed in a sanctuary city, Thomas Holman, if it's a, if it's a, um, uh, if it's a, I forget which assault it is to call ice and the assault on a police officer is not one of those crimes. So if the governor wasn't just talking the talk as opposed to walking the walk, she would have said, we've got to change the laws to allow police to contact ICE on this kind of case. All right. And we've got to change the bail laws and we've got to deport them. But it's just talk. And the police commissioner, good for him. But at the same time, you've got the mayor who isn't saying anything other than this isn't right. Well, mayor, why don't you call the DA up and fight with him for not asking for bail? And then you go down the line and you say, you know, why haven't why isn't the police uh, or the the mayor changing the city council and telling them what you've got to do is change this from a sanctuary city? I mean, there's a million things you could do, but no one is doing any of them. Well, I think Eric Adams, I think he's he's a. He's an embarrassment position he holds. He was a career police officer. Yeah. He should hold strong. So, you know, Biden administration, we're not taking a single, another one, not a single one, until you shut down the border. Because now my, the officers I used to work with, the officers I used to command are under attack. And, again, if they're going to attack a cop, they have no problem attacking a citizen. So he needs to take a stand as an ex-officer. I can't believe, he, you know, he, he needs to take a powerful stand. And as far as the governor, she's only speaking up because this is on video and it's going worldwide. Why didn't yep. she speak up about the, the two separate rapes that happened in, in, in uh, Erie County near Buffalo? And mm-hmm. they were and raped a hotel worker where they turned the hotel into a center, raped her violently. She didn't talk about that. Why didn't she talk about the other alien, illegal alien up in uh, uh, Erie County, same county, that raped a, a mother in front of her three-year-old child? How can you talk about that? How can she even talk about the one illegal alien in New York City? And these are all moved in to the, to, to the New York State at her blessing. Why didn't she talk about the one that was arrested uh, six times in two months for over 16 different crimes? She, you know, she picks and chooses. The only reason she's picking up now because it's on video. She's Thank trying God. to, she, again, she's trying to get some political favor here. She's not getting an ounce from me. I have no respect in the woman for what she's done. This administration hasn't done a damn thing to slow the flow. And I'm telling you, we're seeing it across the country in Chicago, in New York, in Los Angeles, in San Francisco, in Portland. There's a big population of criminal aliens entering that United States. Now, President Trump wasn't wrong. 
There's a lot of criminals crossing that border. Oh, border yeah. patrols arrested since Joe Biden's been in office. Over 100,000 illegal aliens with serious criminal convictions, including 124 homicides. That is who they arrested, and these people don't want to be arrested. So let's talk about the almost two million. We're at one, we're over 1.9 million now known gotaways. Why did they turn not turn themselves into the board show? Why didn't they want to pay less? Get, get released within 24 hours, get a free airline ticket to the city of their choice, get put in a hotel room at taxpayer expense, get three meals a day and free medical attention and a work authorization. Why didn't they take advantage of the giveaway program? Because this 1.9 million people didn't want to be fingerprinted. They went, didn't want to be vetted. That should right. scare the hell out of all of us. So who are they? They are gang members. They are criminals. They are the ones trafficking in fentanyl. They're the ones sex trafficking women and children. A lot of criminals have crossed that border that weren't caught and are in our communities now because the Biden administration has pushed them all throughout our nation. Every state is now a border state, and the fentanyl coming across the border is making every town, city, and state. It's time we get President Trump back in office. And I make a, I, I tell people right now, President Trump wins the White House again. I, I got a message to these millions of illegal aliens being illegally released across the United States. Don't get too comfortable. Mm-hmm. Don't get too comfortable because nine out of ten will get an order removal and you will be removed. So we've got people like Danny Penny who are Americans who end up having to post bail when they've had jobs. They've served this country and they have to post bail and illegals who commit gang assault on a police officer flip the bird with no ties to the community are allowed to walk freely where the DA doesn't ask for bail. The DA doesn't immediately indict them and the police are not allowed to call ICE. I mean, what is wrong with us as a country? Well, first, I, I, I appreciate what you just said, because people need to understand. I've been, I, I testified a couple of weeks ago. I kept pressing this issue during my testimony. You can call them asylum seekers. Okay. They have a right to claim asylum. Okay. They have a right to due process. Nearly 9 out of 10 of these people, based on 10 years of court data, nearly 9 out of 10 of these people will get an order of removal. They simply don't qualify for asylum or they don't mm-hmm. show up in court. Nine out of ten. So when President Trump promises the biggest deportation operation in history, everybody's going crazy. So the question is, wait a minute. we got historic illegal immigration on the border, numbers we've never seen before. Nine out of ten will be order removed. Of course you've got to have historic deportation operation. What's, your, what's, what's the other option? Let them stay? All right. Tom Holman, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we'll see what the future holds on all of this. And, uh, you know, keep the faith. Thank you, Tom thank Holman. You. All right. And never forget, that's the commitment we made on 9-11. Honor it by donating $11 a month to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. And up next here on the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show, I will be speaking with Stephen Razor, the attorney for Danny Penny. You remember him, the former Marine who had to post $100,000 bail in order to get out of jail. And I'll ask if there's any comparison to those illegals with no roots in the community who got no bail and then took off. All right. Judge Janine Show. This is the Janine Bureau Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Bureau. Joining us now is a friend of the show, Stephen Razor. You may recall he is the attorney for Danny Petty, uh, the uh, former Marine who is charged with manslaughter and criminally negligent homicide. 
in the death of that homeless on the uh, subway train. Now, I I wanted uh, Steve Razor to come on the show because I was shocked and appalled at how we are treating illegals who are assaulting police officers, which is a Class C violent felony for which bail can be ordered. And the district attorney's office didn't ask for bail. And yet Danny Penny, who is a resident of New York, who is a student and a former Marine, who is as responsible as they come, was held on a $100,000 bail. So I haven't spoken to him yet, but Steve, I have a feeling that you see the inequity in that. It comes down to politics, I think. And as a defense attorney, I'm not supposed to delve too far into that, but the reality is you, you could see the discrepancy there. And the only way to explain it is the fact that you have a district attorney that happens to need to um, to uh, benefit his base, let's say, and uh, choose the cases that he wants to prosecute and choose how hard he wants to prosecute them. Well, you know, Steve Razor, the, the, the fact that Danny Penny, all right, and it was held on a $100,000 bail and had to come up with that money in order to get out to prepare his defense for a case where I, I am hoping there is an acquittal. Uh, and it will be a uh, it, it will be a seminal case in terms of uh, New Yorkers' abilities to defend themselves and others. Um, I my feeling is that you know these illegals who ended up assaulting police officers and charged with gang assault and assault on a police officer, the DA's office asked for no bail. But it gets worse than that when they come out and they flip the bird. Uh, at the reporters, they were they were giving the middle finger to America, to the D.A., to the governor and to everyone else, the police commissioner, as well as the mayor, because everybody failed here. And now they're gone to California. Why don't you just tell our listeners, Steve Razor, what the basis of bail is, why we ask for bail in, in cases? Well, that, that's the irony of the situation here and the discrepancy that we're talking about, because bail, in essence, has always been and continues to be an evaluation of the individual's uh, risk of flight. So you set bail to ensure that the individual returns, because if the bail is high enough, the individual is going to want to return. Otherwise, they lose the money, in essence. Um, here, you have a situation where you have unlawful immigrants that are, by definition, a flight risk uh, because of their status. Mm -hmm. And then you have Mr. Penny, on the other hand, that by definition is not a flight risk. There's literally not even a a hint of a possibility that Mr. Penny wouldn't be returning to court. And the district attorney knew that when he asked for the bail. So uh, so that the purpose of bail is unfulfilled when you're not getting to the, the root cause of why you need it to begin with. And in this case, it just that that whole basis just didn't apply. Well, you know, the ties to the community are the, as you say, the, the, the fundamental reason for bail. If there's reason to believe that someone will not return, then more it's more likely that you need to have bail. And as right. as bad as the laws are right now, Steve Razor, I mean, the truth is that you can ask for bail on a Class C felony, and they didn't ask for it. You know what, Steve? I can't help but think that if that case were mine, 
I would have indicted and had that case in the grand jury and brought him in for a felony for an arraignment on the felonies within two days. The whole thing is on videotape. And yet the D.A. Right. is dragging his feet. And it really has to be a disappointment uh, for someone like you who is, you know, a believer in the system. I mean, you're a prosecutor. You've taken this penny case, which is an enormous case in terms of not just the legal uh, 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 nuances to the case, but in terms of what the case stands for. And yet the okay. DA just isn't doing his job and is doing everything he can. And I'm going to throw one more thing in there. When the governor comes out and she says, you know, maybe we should deport them. And, I, and I'm, I'm sure you don't want to comment and maybe you do on deportation. Um, how about you? How about you put a legislative package together, Governor, and and get that bill passed? It's all talk, and yet Danny Penny is. His, how long ago did this crime, alleged crime, occur with Danny? Oh, this is yeah. This is going back over six months, um, and it, it's no real end in sight. We got another six months ahead of us. Oh yeah, and he's got a whole year of hell. People don't understand how the right. the burden. But let me just That's say right. before I let you go, because I know I know you're very busy. The the truth is that you know the dichotomy between how we treat people who respect the law, who have paid their dues to society. Danny was a marine. And the people who flipped the bird is so shocking. I had to have you on this Sunday morning only only to see if you were as incensed as I am. Well, absolutely, absolutely. And you have an opportunity to actually use bail to uh, ensure the integrity of the system and a failure to use it is going to blow up in the, in the DA's face. I hope there is going to be some repercussions for that when some of these uh, defendants don't return to court. Yeah, well, they're on their way to California, allegedly, but who knows? All right, Steve Razor, thank you so much, attorney, for Danny Penny, everybody. And we're hoping and uh, that, that this case ends up the way it should with an acquittal. All right. Thank you, Judge. Thank you. Okay, now it's time for me to gavel out with my closing argument. All right, folks, you heard it. You heard it from Hillel Newer. You heard it from Tom Homan. And you heard it from Stephen Razor. All three from different disciplines in this country. One is an attorney, one is a former ICE director, and one is the head of UN Watch, who keeps his eyes on the UN and where we spend our money. All three of them told stories that have an incredible parallel. The United States literally funding, giving money, giving housing to people who are determined to kill whether it's Palestinians determined to kill Jews, and we fund them $300 million a year. And as Hillel Newer told us, a billion dollars a year we gave to uh, UNRWA, which is the organization that not only had people literally personally participate in the massacre on October 7, but which had people that are part of the hate within the UN toward Jews. And Thomas Holman, who talked about the fact that we let people in about whom we know nothing, we let them in, they assault our police officers, we give them food and clothing, and as soon as they come out of court, they flip the bird and then go to a shelter where we pay for them to have food and clothing and whatever else. And in these dirtbags cases, transportation to California for free. Uh, and finally, Stephen Razor who tells you the difference between an American with roots in the community who paid his debt, 
He volunteered as a Marine. He was a, a Marine who gave his time and his life, put it on the line for us. And he has to post $100,000 bail while the dirtbags who took down police post nothing. Guys, we've got a problem in this country, and it's up to you to change it. Thank you, everybody. Have a great week here. Same time, same place for the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. Have a great day, everyone. <laughs>